0: Um, my name is Obed Figueroa. I am the host of Lessons Learned. Um, Diversity Pre-Medical is presenting this uh, opportunity to pre-med students and health science students uh, so that they can learn from the wisdom of students that have walked your walk, um, hearing directly from them. So I'm pleased to present this to you. Uh, we have it with us today, uh, Dr. Ansu Panus. Uh, she is an osteopathic physician specializes in primary care at MedPeds in Baltimore. Uh, she's born in India and moved to Philadelphia at the age of 11. Uh, Dr. Panu's is a first generation college student and the only physician in her family. Uh, for undergrad, she attended the University of Pennsylvania, where she graduated with a Bachelor's of Arts, double majoring in Health Science and Societies and South Asian Studies. After graduating, she worked as a research assistant focusing on melanoma research. Before, she was accepted to Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, She graduated from there with her doctorate in osteopathic medicine and then pursued her residency in family medicine at MedStar Franklin Square Medical Center in Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was a mouthful. You've been busy. You have been busy. Uh, and I'm so pleased that you would give us this opportunity to to learn from you, to listen. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so you know, our intention is again to connect with the pre-med students and you know have them uh, learn from your experience, you know. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll start with a couple of speed questions, um, just as a as a means to get to get to know you beyond the sciences. Okay, so if you could just uh give us your first thought when i ask these questions um your favorite song
1: um come on i'm thinking i'm thinking (laughs) see all the songs i know are indian songs Uh english songs um i like 98 degrees we dance my husband and i dance to it um but savage garden okay uh, truly madly deeply by savage garden that's my favorite song
0: okay so um favorite book
1: Harry Potter. Interesting. (laughs) Favorite car? My first car, which was a Toyota Prius.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, And then in terms of computers, uh, PC or Mac?
1: (laughs) PC for sure. (laughs) Inside joke.
0: (laughs) Uh, Android or iPhone? iPhone. Uh, Favorite guilty food? Chocolate and your favorite color orange who's your favorite high school teacher
1: oh my gosh mr. Brooks he was a crazy old man but he was the he was one of the best teachers we've had he what would subject? throw chalk um, he taught chemistry organic chemistry and pharmacology
0: interesting um, and what was your favorite subject though in, in high school biology biology was Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing it. Thank you so much. That that gives us a little, and you are also married uh, with children. Yes. Uh, so, wow, life life's been happening for you. Um,
1: life's been nonstop, <laughs> but awesome. it's great.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So I'm sure they keep you busy.
1: Yeah.
0: As I mentioned to a previous guest, you know, as, as a father that has had little ones and now adults, I promise you we'll live through it.
1: well they're still very little so you know i'm looking for that silver lining soon
0: (laughs) you'll get to the point where they're driving their own cars and jobs and making dinner for you when you come home watch it's gonna happen
1: so my eight-year-old recently made breakfast for us so that was very (laughs) impressive you know so yeah we're getting there
0: (laughs) awesome so if you wouldn't mind um you know what inspired you to go into medicine
1: So i wanted to go into medicine since I was four years old, not because of, you know, any influence, personal influence, but because when I was in India, I watched this show called Lifeline, which is kind of like ER here. Um, And it was about doctors um, saving lives and, you know, making all sorts of influence in people's decisions. And um, it was just very impressive. And little four-year-old me was like, I want to do that one day. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, I didn't realize what a big dream it was back then because I grew up in a very small town in India. My parents, you know, they both didn't go to college. Um, They were both high school grads. And, you know, for a little girl in a small town in India to become a doctor was just not very realistic. Um, But my parents let me dream my dream and I continued working towards it. And, you know, that's, and the more I got to know about medicine, the more I got to come, the more I came across people who were, you know, in the medical field, particularly doctors, um, the more I enjoyed it, um, and that's, that's where it started.
0: No, thank you. So when you think about the experience when you were, you know, in undergrad, you're like, you know, were there any subject subject matters that were like really challenging for you? And like, how did you figure out how to, you know, make it, make it work so that you could pass?
1: Like a partic- particular subject, you mean?
0: Yeah, subjects that you struggled in.
1: Um, yeah, so. Organic chemistry <laughs> um, was not fun. I don't think it's fun for anybody. <laughs> um, and uh, so I went to University of Pennsylvania for undergrad, and you know it, it was just a lot harder. At least you know it was my perspective. Um, and physics and organic chemistry definitely. I, I I am done with it. I'm glad I don't ever have to repeat it. Um, uh, but they were challenging. I do remember studying for one of my organic chemistry exams. And you know, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I think I had already had like four cups of coffee and I was just so jittery. Uh, and I remember crashing so badly that I literally had to wake up right before the exam. Um, you know, but we survived through it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if I had to pick one class, it would be organic chemistry.
0: And then when you, you eventually got to med school and like, did you feel like you still needed some extra help or like, did you do it independently or did you work collectively when you got into med school dealing with that caseload of courses?
1: So um, I, I definitely worked with somebody, um, you know, so I had just gotten married first year after first year of med school. So, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted to be around my husband as much as possible, also. Um, but I did have one friend that she and I would do all our studies together. I remember before anatomy tests, uh, we would go into the you know uh, cadaver lab by ourselves in the middle of the night, um, and it was great. So I do feel like you, during med school, you can't do it alone. You definitely need somebody else. For me, it was Priya Abraham. She was my, sure. you know, my buddy. Um, but. I, almost everyone I know I think did it with a small community that you need your friends okay. yeah.
0: definitely supports help mm-hmm. um and so I was I'm just wondering were, were there anyone like sometimes it's such a challenge to stay focused with something so demanding did you have any influences that were like, Oh, you know, this is too hard. Maybe you should consider something different. You know, not. you know, I'm sure they weren't being intentionally trying to distract you, but, you know, or deter you, did you have any of those influences? Like, Oh, you should consider something else, you know?
1: Absolutely. Um, during my undergrad, actually, my pre-med counselor who was supposed to encourage me was like, maybe you need to consider something else. And, um, I remember that was the first time I felt my dreams shattering, you know, um, because I guess at that time, I didn't have the GPA that they expected and the numbers that, you know, I on paper, I didn't look like a pre-med student applying to med school. And um, he told me, you know, if I, I could consider something else, if I want to go into the health field, consider a different profession, but I will never become a doctor. Mm-hmm. I still to this day sometimes wonder if I should go back and be like, ha.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, you know, I am better than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah and then um you know and my family um because on one hand they never stopped me from dreaming but on the other hand you know when i was going through certain difficulties they did feel like you know maybe i need to you know open my options up and consider what other routes i can go through um but thankfully you know i kind of stuck to my dream i didn't give up and here we are
0: awesome you know and i didn't ask this of the other guests but i i wonder if you could share with us um what does a day in the life look like for you um, in practice?
1: Okay. Um, so um, I right now am part time because of my children. I have three little ones at home. So I work Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Um, but my Tuesdays and Thursdays are longer days. So I'm in the office from eight to about seven. Um, you know, even with telemed visits, because we're still seeing a lot of patients in person. Uh, I am here in the office. It is extremely busy. You know, we're seeing patients every 15 minutes. Sometimes we're double booked. Um, I have a lunch hour, which really becomes me finishing up my morning patients so I can start my afternoon patients. Um, And then after all that is done and I go home, you know, put my kids to bed, I open my computer to do all the charting from the day and the telephone encounters and the labs. So it's it's a pretty busy day. And, you know, if I was working five days a week, I would imagine it would be similar. Um, but yeah, it, it's nonstop and it's definitely demanding.
0: So, you know, it's interesting be, being a non-physician, I, I would have assumption that some of that clerical stuff that you would have somebody else be doing that, but you're saying you do it from start to the end.
1: So we do have an awesome administration staff, and they do take care of a lot of things. Um, So for example, if the patients are calling, you know, if it is something that they are capable of answering, they definitely do it. But a lot of times it may be questions about medications and, or, um, you know, they have started something and they want to know if these are, these are the effects they should be expecting. Um, You know, so those things we can't really ignore if you know we're talking to specialists and specialist calls you know and the elite messages so there are definitely things that we have to address personally um but we do have a staff that's doing a lot of this stuff behind the scenes
0: so yeah, i'm glad we we're having this conversation cuz you're making me continue to think of other things that could be helpful
1: sure. you know like when
0: you're when you're in the grind of, of study and then you you, you know the prick being in practice is so such a far reach. Now you're there. So could you help us make this connection to like, you see the connections that are so critical in being, being in med school, connecting to practice? Like what are the elements that are so critical where absolutely these things apply to practice that you need to be aware of now um, that they can't see right now because they are they're not in practice, right? I
1: feel like, um, business administration should be part of med school teaching because no matter which uh, field you go into, whether it's outpatient or inpatient, there's just so much business aspect that as med students, we're just not prepared for it. You know? So, um, I, I am learning that as I am in practice now, but I remember coming in and I was just like, well, I have no idea what any of this is um, so I do wish there was more of that you know more business healthcare administration teaching within that school itself
0: now I, I remember that, you guys doing the OSCE labs did that help you to conceptualize you know mm-hmm. what is happening in practice
1: no those helped us to prepare ourselves for patients okay. You know, so these are the different types of patients that are coming but they mm-hmm. don't prepare us for the behind the scenes of you know for example um, I order a CAT scan on a patient, and now insurance is like, no, you can't order this CAT scan because it's not necessary. Well, as a clinician who just examined my patient, I think it's necessary. So it's just like a lot of those conversations that I never, at med school, you know, I just had to order it. I never thought about why this may be an issue, you know, insurance playing a role, insurance is covering certain medications and not others, and as a physician, our priorities are patient and their health. So doing a lot of, you know, prior authorizations and things that... Is not medicine, but is still just as necessary to to provide the health.
0: Now I'm thinking of the coursework that you're taking and kind of like trying to make a point of you how significant it is to understand these these elements before you go into practice. So like gross anatomy, um, you know, you would you agree that that is so critical? To oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, so what are the other areas that are so critical? that they should understand, yes, you absolutely really need to understand that deeply because when you get into practice, what are the other?
1: Um, so definitely gross anatomy and physiology. I mean, you know, just knowing how the body works and what it looks like. Um, even, you know, sometimes if when I'm explaining things to patients, you know, I someone, at some point I told me you talk to your patients as if they're in a third grade level no matter how smart they are mm-hmm. so, you know I literally sometimes if I'm talking about pain somewhere I'm telling them about the anatomy you know that your rib cage and your muscles and the heart is there um and so knowing that is definitely very important um and the physiology of how those things work is very important um you know a lot of these courses that we take in our first year of med school you know histology pharmacology absolutely mm-hmm. um you know all those give you the knowledge of medicine you know of how the body works and how medications work Um, but then there's a whole other side of it you know the mental care for example you know I will have a patient calling in for having sinus pressure and the next thing you know I'm talking about her anxiety you know Mm -hmm. and a 10-minute visit becomes a 30-minute visit and just to know how to deal with that because we don't get enough um, mental health preparation in med school you know we get Maybe a month of psych rotation, but it's just not enough um, to really understand the mental aspect, especially as a family physician mm. that we need to address. So, just having more, you know, you know, psychology and mental health um, studies would be important. Um, as I said, a little bit of healthcare business administration knowledge, you know, so just how um, hospitals work, you know, how insurance companies build things, you know, even learning the d- different codes of how to code something you know i can order a test on a patient and it gets rejected because the diagnosis i put in is not necessarily the diagnosis they approve it for so things like that make a difference and that would make a better clinician i feel
0: awesome um so how challenging was it for you those those exams that you take you know um you know the licensing exams i mean like how challenging was that experience
1: I hate them, so <laughs>
0: uh,
1: um, I feel like I'm not a very good test taker, so those were, you know, pain um, and, you know, and if you're going to medicine, it's tests constantly, you know, even as a um, as a provider, once you're becoming an attending you still have to take them every several years. Um, I... So, starting with my MCATs, um, I had to take that twice. My first time around, I didn't do so well. The second time around was better. Um, I did both the USMLE and the Comlets because I didn't know where I would go for residency, so I wanted to take both. Um, and they were hard, you know, they were definitely um, very challenging. But I think I had to repeat one of my USMLEs. Um, but, um, it got better, you know, I started learning, especially with the complex um, and the assembly, you can learn what kind of questions they're going to ask. Mm-hmm. So your test taking skills do get better, but it's never fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was gonna ask that, you know, in terms of how do you improve on these um, and we'll prepare for them, so you do have supports to prepare.
1: Yes, um, they have lots of, um, you know, old, quite old exams. And so if you, depending on what resource you're using, they can give you um, the types of questions that are asked. Unfortunately, in medicine, things are always changing, but, you know, so making sure you have the most recent information, um, but it kind of gives you an idea of the kind of questions and the format of questions that they ask. Um, so, you know, I learned just to do lots of questions, you know, and, and reviewing the answer, um, both if I was right, as well as if I was wrong to know why exactly, um, you know, a certain answer was an answer. So just preparing yourself. Repetition is very,
0: very important. When you, um, if you were to speak to your younger self, you know, um, would you have any advice for your younger self?
1: I would, I would tell my younger self to um, be more prepared. You know, um, I went in not knowing what to expect in college, kind of, you know, I was finding my way and I think it kind of affected my process. You know, it made it longer than I expected it to be. Um, so j- definitely knowing why you're going, what you're going for and how you're gonna get there. Um, I would say, don't give up. And I'm glad I didn't. And I would say, I mean, I know personally for me, you know, it was a lot of prayer. You know, I definitely believe that this was something that um, God had put in me. I felt like it was a calling and I wanted to make sure I gave credit where it was due. And I do, even now I feel like I am here because I have a greater purpose to serve. So I would definitely say, you know, those three things, be prepared, don't give up. And know why you're doing it and put God in
0: God first. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to make sure that we, we touched on um, is your faith and how your faith is healthy. Cause I'm sure people, um, you know, it'd be helpful for them to understand how that, if they you know, have a faith that that could help them pull through, how, 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 how has that been influential to you?
1: It was very influential. I mean, I I think I grew both as a person as well as a you know person of faith uh, through this process. Especially every time there was a challenge, you know, it was easy to give up. But knowing that, you know, you know, like with, with God, you know, I felt like God was pulling me through. I definitely felt like there were miracles in my life, uh, even through the medical process um, that I couldn't explain myself, uh, and I could only give credit uh, to to God, you know. And um, even now. As I practice, I make sure that that is part of me. You know, so um, I have like a Bible verse uh, in my room that patients sometimes look at, and we actually talk about it. Um, I've definitely prayed with a lot of my patients, and they've appreciated it. Um, so I, I I don't hide it because it is part of me, and mm-hmm. um, if patients want it, it's available for me to share. But I do feel like it's it's made me who I am today. It helps me. Be more holistic because you can't ignore the spiritual part of somebody.
0: Absolutely. Um, I was recently interviewed uh, in the Bronx, um, I'll be releasing that to you guys soon, uh, by Bronx Network, TV Network. Um, and we were talking about, you know, and, and research supports this that when a patient is, is treated by a practitioner that can relate to them culturally, um, there's just better reception. Mm-hmm. It's better insight because the, the practitioner didn't just read this, you know, this practitioner has lived it right mm-hmm. cultural cultural experiences. Have you seen that when you, when you happen to come across a patient that can relate to you culturally? Uh, yeah, that's you know. nice. Like, how has that been?
1: Yeah, so, you know, um, I'm blessed to speak multiple languages, um, multiple Indian languages, so I've definitely had patients who um, come in, you know, uh, who prefer speaking in either Hindi or Urdu or, you know, another language, and so we actually converse in that language, I mean, I I can't say everything medical, but I'm able to relate to them and they love that, you know? And so even when they call, they want to make sure that they are talking to me. I've definitely had a few patients switch, um, you know, primary care to myself because of that. And I think it does make a difference because, you know, this is another level you're connecting with them, you know, and, um, it gives, you another, gives them another reason to trust you because exactly what you said, you know, you have lived what they have and they actually um, listen to you more, you know, so um, I'll have patients who are like, yeah, I went to the emergency room, they gave me this, I, I, I don't know about it. What do you think, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. your opinion matters a little bit more. So I, I think it plays a huge role.
0: Yeah, and I'm so, I'm so grateful that that exists mm-hmm. um, because it's important support
1: definitely is we're we're meant to be a community
0: exactly all right well thank you so much i appreciate your time and um thank you to your wonderful family for allowing you to spend some extra time with me uh and just sharing
1: no problem thank you for having me
0: absolutely thank you i will talk soon all right very proud of you
1: thank you